Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam, and we're talking about Commando, a 1985 Arnold Schwarzenegger movie directed by Mark L. Lester. Um, I don't know if I need to introduce this movie, really. Like, everybody knows what this is about, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, so it's it's classic. It's, it's the first, we were talking about this before the podcast, but it's like the first proper Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Um, it's a movie that... I saw as a kid, I think I saw it probably on VHS, like right when it came out. And I remember just like watching it over and over and over and over again. And this being like my favorite movie for at least three solid years. Like there, How I just, old were you watch this, Brendan? Like, um, so wait, let me see. It came out in 85 and it probably came out in VHS. I'm going to guess 86. I could be mm-hmm. wrong about that. It came so out in 84, would... actually, I think. No, oh. they filmed it in 84. Oh, okay. 85. Uh, I would have been 10, so I probably would have been... I think that's about how old Alyssa Milano is in the movie. Probably about her age when I saw it. Yeah, because watching this movie, this is a very... like If you're like an 8 to 12-year-old boy, this is your favorite movie. Yeah, yeah, it it had everything. And it was like the right amount of violence, but balanced with all the humor. And Arnold is like... Not... He's not like an... He doesn't intimidate you as a viewer if you're a kid the way like uh, um, Al Pacino might. You know what I mean? He just <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, you know, like I remember watching Scarface shortly before this and Al Pacino was scary to me in Scarface. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Well, even, but, even Rambo is kind of scary because like yeah. there's something dangerous about him. But like Arnold, they introduce him in this movie playing with his daughter. Yeah. They're just playing yeah. around. He's, he's a tough guy, but he's got a soft side. So right away, it's it's very... And, like, by the way, not knowing it anymore, because he did Conan before this, right? He did Conan and yeah. Conan, Terminator. Terminator. Conan and the Terminator okay. were both so, before So, Conan, Terminator, and then this guy, whoever this director was, or writer or whatever, had the vision to say, let's see your charm, Arnold. The, this yeah. terrifying mountain of a man. And he's beautifully gentle with that kid. You know, he's sweet. He's got a winning smile. He's really charming in this movie. This is yeah. the movie where you see his charm. It's amazing. Yeah, I think so. And I think bringing up Rambo's on point because they came out around the same time. I think they were, I think it came out shortly before this movie, Rambo. I remember seeing posters of it at like my friend's Rambo houses. was out first, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, he's your first yeah, blood. Just, That's great. Well, not, not well, for the well, first, first blood was even earlier. And they are talking like Rambo. This, like, yeah, but, first blood yeah, is yeah. definitely a dark movie. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, but I'm I mean, just saying that Rambo drew first blood. But, yeah. Ram, but Rambo, but Rambo is like a very, quiet you know like like doesn't say yeah, much and when he does say things he's like a wounded dark guy right like i think the the dialogue that i remember is um and i'll get to that in a moment joe because i don't want to forget but the dialogue <laughs> i remember from rambo is like are we going to win this time lines like that where they're just laden with all yeah. of this god emotion didn't make rambo. i made yeah. rambo yeah like there's nothing happy about this movie it, yeah. it, so and, Actually, and, I guess and Commando's is the opposite. Commando is like he's throwing jokes at the guys as he's throwing them off cliffs. It's it's the, it's set off some steam. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it, it takes the edge out of the movie a little bit. You know, it, it, it makes it more palatable, I think, to a kid. Whereas I remember watching Rambo and thinking like, oh, like I don't know if I'm supposed to be cheering for this kind of behavior. Like it's you know he's he's just 
slaughtering people, you know? Bitter, but, wounded man yeah. turning into a killing machine. Yeah, hooray, yeah. Uh, our <laughs> hero. But Arnold, it's like so over the top that it just it just is so detached from reality that you don't feel guilty at all watching it. Um, I felt guilty yeah. exactly one time watching this movie, and I'll tell you exactly the scene. He's fighting all the uh, the, the mall cops, and yeah. he's not... He doesn't kill any of them, but someone shoots one of the mall cops. And I looked at the man's eyes as he died, and I was like, damn it. That guy just went into work today. It was, was Sully. Sully shot him. Like, yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, oh, no. Okay, that sucks. That one death, I'm like, okay, that's that hurts. I felt that so, one. Everything else was fun, though. Before we forget, Joe, why don't you talk about Lone Wolf Fist, too? Yes, because I, I actually have good news today. If you want free <laughs> stuff from Lone Wolf Fist, I just redid Blood from God's Eye with the updated new rules, and it's got encounter charts and all kinds of fun, violent stuff in there. I, I just had a chance to run it uh, a couple of days ago, and it works like a charm. Uh, go to Drive Through RPG. Pay what you want. I suggest paying zero because it's just it's about 45 pages of, of raw adrenaline. It's an entire intro adventure and a, a huge amount of uh, well, not a huge amount, seven pages of well organized and thoroughly complete rules that will actually get you into the idea of how to run it and play it. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in trying out Lone Wolf Fist, but you don't want to spend 20 whole dollars on it uh, for a PDF, don't get blood from God's eye for free. Why not? Anyway, so, that's my plug. I wanted to plug that. So, Joel, I wanted, I, I think you said this might have been your first time seeing the movie, so I would be very interested yeah. in your reaction to it. See, you're hearing it, man. This movie's great. Uh, um, I, I thought I'd seen this, but honestly, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, no, no, that's a scene I remember from Total Recall. No, that's a scene from Terminator. No, that's a scene from Predator. And I guess I just amalgamated them into my, into my head, like, oh, no, I've totally seen Commando. <laughs> no, I was watching this, and I'm like, I've seen this in that... There's nothing in here that a later movie didn't also do, especially with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but, like, I don't think I've seen this. Because I was watching him, like, play with his kid in the first part of the movie. And I'm like, what? I When did this happen? I don't remember this. I remember him being in a jungle and shooting it. Oh, alien. No, that's Predator. Okay. Well, I remember him, um, you know, like, going into a bar and beating up bikers. Oh, no, wait, that's Terminator 2. And, like, I kept, like, I kept doing that. And I was like, oh, no, okay. Well, let's see what happens. Um, I got a little twinge whenever uh, the, the main villain shows up, the guy that was in his unit. Because um, I was like, that guy looks familiar. Um, so I might have seen part of it, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing before. This was, I guess, my virgin viewing of this film. And I got to tell you, it was it was great. I give it two fists up. <laughs> Adam, I assume you have a, you've seen it before, I assume. but uh... I have. Uh, but honestly, I got to say, I haven't seen it since the mid-80s. Uh, I was, oh, yeah. you know, thir 13 when it came out. And I, I saw it on cable because I wasn't able to go. Well, I, I didn't go watch R-rated movies in the theater when I was 13. But, uh, yeah, I, I loved this movie when I first saw it on cable. I kind of watched it for a while. And then I... It, it just kind of I never really watched it again. So I the the only thing that really stuck in my mind all these years from this movie was, uh, you know, when he when it, the, the scene where he hangs Jerry Horn off the cliff and the whole. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, remember when I said I'd kill you last line? That was uh, that was <laughs> that's that one part. of the best lines in the movie. 
That's definitely That's, one of the best lines. Yeah, but no, I so it was fresh. I didn't really. I, I remember, and I remembered, of course, Alyssa Milano was in it. I remembered that it was about him trying to get his daughter back. But the whole thing with the president and why they kidnapped the daughter—that I didn't remember anything. So this <laughs> did feel a lot like watching it for the first time. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I it's great. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's really cheesy. But it, but fun. I mean, it just it doesn't because it doesn't aspire to be serious. The cheesy kind of <laughs> just all the quips and everything. They just they just work great. It's uh, yeah. I I uh, I don't know. It, it, it's it is as we've said. It's just the first the first real Arnold Schwarzenegger film, and I think it is easy, easy to almost forget it in the yeah. wake of all the other ones that came after it. Yeah, I still think it's like the. I mean, maybe. Predator is maybe the other one that I would hold up as like a really good Arnold movie. Yeah. But this is probably my favorite of all of them. Um, maybe because it's the first one I saw, but I feel like it sets the blueprint. So it deserves most of the credit for setting the blueprint. Um, and it was as good as I remember, like everything about it. Yeah. It's that, it's that yeah. perfect balance of humor and action. That's really hard to do. I think like a lot of movies, like even Dirty Harry had some humor in it. You know, there are movies that are, you know, and then there and there were like always like, you know, race, like race across America action movies that had humor. And, you know, what I mean, like Cannonball and, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, Smoking the Bandit. Come to yeah. mind. Well, of course, too, but, this 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 owes a lot to like I feel like this also draws on the, like the Roger Moore Bond films, because that's really yeah. where you get the quip. That whole yeah. quippy thing when you kill someone and, and make a little one liner. That was very Roger Moore, James Bond. And I, I think it's something about Arnold and his physique and his delivery and just the comedic time. Like and people, because of the accent, I think people overlook the comedic timing. He actually, I think it was Milton Berle he studied comedy under. Like when he decided he wanted really? to do this. Yeah, he, oh, he, right. he went to Milton Berle and said, can you, because I, I think it was Milton Berle because he said Milton Berle is a, um, was German, I think. And he thought that he might understand any of the difficulties he was having as a German, knowing how to connect with an it's American really audience. Hard. The, like, there's a legitimate gulf there. German humor is way, way, way different than, like, American or English humor. Like, there's a significant gulf. So, yeah, it, it's a good idea to get a coach. Uh, well, and, but you're right. Oh, His ahead. timing's perfect. Like, it well, really what is. What he said was, because he, he gave a, an example of how he went and, and I won't give the, I won't repeat what he said, but he, he was delivering a speech and he had a joke in the speech. And he was giving the punchline way too quickly. And like, people always talk about comedic timing, but you never really know exactly what that means. But then he illustrated how Milton Burr's like, no, wait till people react to what you said and yeah. then deliver the punchline. And he's like, and it was like night and day. And so there's, I, yeah, there's one point in this movie where one minor character has a joke line and it's, it's just, as someone that's done comedy, it just offended me because it was so mm. poorly delivered. So it's like, you know, it's like this. I was like, oh, they, he blew what, that one liner. Was but it? I, I, I can't remember the example. The garbage was, truck guy? Artie, Artie's perfect. All of Artie's lines were, were done flawlessly. Was it the, I was afraid you would miss me line. And they said, we won't. Or was it another line? Uh, no, no it was, well was midway through the movie. I think it was like one of the cops or okay. something like that. Like I think I think Good. yeah, I, I think it's when the cops are you know Radon Chong's going along following the cops. Mm. One of them makes some joke line and he just like totally okay. loves it. <laughs> I did like the cop who said, "You want to see me kick some ass." And that's that's <laughs> that, that line is even more. Oh, yeah, funny, the, the, more yeah the rent a cop like the, yeah. the mall cops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was a good line. Yeah. I have a powerful weakness for the mall cops. They're the emotional center of the movie for me. 
Yeah, I, I one of my one of my best friends works as a security guard. So whenever I'm playing video games and murdering security guards endlessly, I always, <laughs> always, always think of him. I think this movie also owes <laughs> sure a great deal to police story. So it would be interesting at some point to do the first police story Ooh. movie and examine because there's a scene in the beginning. It's not the same. It's a totally different setup. But there's a scene with a car going down a hill that has a lot of similar type things going on, except it's a much more elaborate event because he's a cop on a job. Um, and there's also the mall scene. And, and, and I believe there are other similar types of scenes in it. Um, yeah, I'll say another thing to call out about this movie, too, is I, I harp on this all the time. But this movie is one hour and 30 minutes. It's like yep. I wish mm -hmm. Hollywood would freaking understand that most movies should not be longer than an hour and 30 yeah. minutes mm -hmm. unless you have a good reason. It's like it, it it's exactly as long as it needs to well, be. My rule of thumb is I feel like. Like a character study or drama, I feel I can get away yeah. with more than 90 minutes. But sure. an action movie starts to really drag if you go over that, that 90 minutes. That and minute. comedies. Yeah. Action movies and comedies should never be over an hour and 30 minutes. When was minutes. the last time you saw a comedy come out of Hollywood? Well, when was the last? It's well, there, I don't think there's been one comedy this century going all the way back to the 2000 that's been like an hour and 30 minutes they're all like two hours then they come out with the extended dvd version that's like hey now it's two and a half hours long we threw in all the bits we cut because they were terrible and it's like, <laughs> yeah i don't like i don't like the messing with the flow of a movie and that's that's what's happened to amadeus the extended version is uh -huh. now the default and it's uh -huh. to me it's not as enjoyable i know there are some people uh, prefer uh, the extended one the director's but... cuts have been an absolute disaster for cinema <laughs> but... yeah yeah, it's like this. This stuff was cut for a reason. So yeah, no, not let's not let's not get too yeah. down on this one. The ninety minutes, but, and also like I want to point out, like I I've been obsessed with screenwriting recently, and like the art of screenwriting, and like this <laughs> this film is like the perfect three act yes. structure. It's so. I think we uh -oh. lost Joel there. We've had a we've had a freeze well, on, up. on on that subject. I feel like the um. The, the movie doesn't really attempt to reinvent the wheel in terms of story structure. It, it, it feels no. like it's, um, you know, it, it keeps things pretty straightforward, which I think is I part say, of why it's so easy to watch. Yeah, I mean, really, the only unexpected twist or anything, if you even want to call that, is like when when Arnold gets arrested when he's when he's getting the guns and, you know, and she, and she has to rescue him. It's like that's. Other than that, it's pretty much straightforward Arnie going and accomplishing his goals one step at a time. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And also, the, the, the plot is just so simple. It's like, go beat up the guy, look in his car, get the thing. That leads you to the next step. It's not yeah. anything over. It's, it's like everyone's got a, a clue in their pocket. It's like it's like a, yeah. a, a very, very quickly constructed role playing game adventure. It's like, yeah. oh, there's a matchbox here. OK, <laughs> yeah. this has got the address on it. Let's go to the next place. Get into the next fight. The, the so. thinnest veneer of clues, right? Like the yeah. thinnest veneer of clues. <laughs> it um. knows it's not a mystery. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we came here for the action, not to watch Arnold ponder to find mm -hmm. uh, what happened to his daughter. Yeah, I um, what was it? The 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 things that also sort of stand out to me, like there's obviously there's the lines like you know, remember when I said I would kill you last, and he said I lied, and there's also the line when he says. Um, when he says right, and then he says wrong, which he says in a lot of movies when the guy asks yeah. to cooperate. That's yeah. my that's my favorite one-liner by Arnold is when he says wrong. Um, 
that's just my just because it's so it's followed by such violence that it, <laughs> you know I, I i think he did the similar line in terminator i think that's where that line might have started um yeah well, of course they have yeah. the i'll be back yeah. all back in well, this movie too i'll i'll be back yeah i i feel, so here's my feeling i mean obviously it's in every Arnold movie for the most part. I, I there may be one or two that don't have. Yeah, it, this would have been like, the first callback yeah. though, because I think this is the yeah. first one after Terminator, if I'm correct. But, but I almost wish they didn't make that one of his. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 iconic now, but I feel like it really worked so well in Terminator. I almost wish that they just went with all the new <laughs> left line. it alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Keeping doing it was probably a mistake. It's kind of fine doing it here. I think just because it was, uh, you well, know. It was like his what you talking about, Willis, right? It was like, for whatever reason, those words make people laugh and they expect it and they get mad if it doesn't show up at some point during the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I also want to talk about is that there are also lines that aren't as memorable that I thought were really very well delivered by him. Like, so before uh -huh. he says, remember when I kill you last, he says your loyalty is very touching, but it isn't the most important thing in your life right now. But what is important is gravity. And just the way he says that, I don't know. Uh -huh. I, I just, it's one of those lines that like, you don't necessarily notice it, the, you know, when you first watch the movie, but the more you watch it, it just really <laughs> stands out. This, the, the way he's saying it. Um, the, uh, also the line, uh, you know, where he says, I eat green berets for breakfast. And right now I'm very hungry. Um, yeah. It's like I Coke is a, uh, a green beret. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so I know uh, Joel, you're back. So I don't know if you had wanted to add anything to what you were saying. Oh, you're, you're silent. Oh, no, you're, you're on mute. Oh, I'm muted. Okay, cool. Anyway, yes. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> I do want to that last one uh, because um, I, I really like that scene because uh, that first of all, it's a good line. But as soon as they start fighting, his uh, romantic interest co-star immediately is taking the piss out of like you, you too much red meat and yeah. Yeah, what did she say? I can't believe this macho bullshit. No, I'm sorry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. Was, I was watching that and I was like. If this were a modern movie, there would be a hundred thousand angry YouTube commenters being like, oh, they're emasculating Arnold, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, we always did that. That's just, that's how you write a scene. <laughs> like he's well, just... it's the contrast between her and him, too, throughout. I mean, part it, it's, it's, I, I, I think that also it's so over the top. Like, this is not mm -hmm. like, this is not like a normal uh, action film. It's it's sort of like if you took the movie Rambo, but then had a side character that's taking the piss out of him. It it, it acknowledges the ridiculousness of what's actually occurring. Um, I think I think what what the difference between it and a lot of modern movies is that there's a lot of affection between the two that grows, and there's a humor to it. Yeah. Supposed, so I feel like in a like lot of actually, modern movies, it's like you're just supposed to feel, yeah, these guys are stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It, people and are it, dumb. Yeah, it's like whereas in this, it's like it, it, it's just it's just well balanced. I feel like there's a good balance between the leads in this and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Radon Chong was it's funny watching this. I totally forgotten about Radon Chong. And I'm like, wow, that's right. She was in the early 80s. There was just kind of this phase where she was kind of a big star. And I'm like, whatever happened to her? Yeah. She just disappeared off the face of the earth. She apparently she still has like a long filmography. If you look at her filmography, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at it right things. now. I, I meant to before the podcast. And I was just like, oh, I, I, I'm going to look at this now. But, uh, but yeah, she, she was in a that. ton of stuff. And this is one of those movies where you just, like, she, like, really makes the movie. Like, you need her and Arnold yeah. together in this movie for it to work. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I like it. without her. I think she balances it really nicely. 
Yeah. It, it was it always kind of threatens to spill over into schlock territory, but it yeah. never quite gets there. There's something that sort of balances it. That it just stays like a little hokey, but like yeah, there's a there's a true I don't know, I don't even know what you'd call it. There's a, an amazing act that this movie does where even though it does stuff that is over the top, it does so in a way that never quite makes it clown shoes, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. right there at the line. And yeah. it's kind of amazing to see. I, I like, too, how they have her getting her pilot's license. It's very yeah, simple, fun. but it works, you know? I, <laughs> yeah. I that was a, because I, as I was watching it this time, I was like, wait a second, I'm trying to remember how, like, does she just disappear when he goes to the island? I can't remember. And then uh, and I was like, oh, she mentioned, the, okay, yeah, okay, she flies into the island. She says, ride yeah. to the island. Yeah. Got uh, it. I just, if someone doesn't remember it much, I was like, how are they going to keep her in through this whole movie? I was, like, really curious. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I didn't, I'm having apparently never seen this movie before. I didn't know where that scene where he tore the entire seat out of her car was going to go. I was like, okay. And, and I, I said to myself, because I really liked that actress, and I, I, I was really enjoying her performance. And I was mm -hmm. like, she's been in this movie for long enough. I hope they make her, like, like the deuteragonist, like the romantic interest. Like I want her to be a bigger part of this movie. I don't want yeah. her to leave at the mall. And against, I didn't think it was going to happen though. They, she actually does a really good job of like portraying a person who's like, well, fuck this, this giant psycho was, was is kidnapping me. I'm out. I like she goes to the mall security right away. Like, hey, this guy is insane. I need you to arrest him. I love yeah, that. It takes time. You know? It takes yeah. time for her to understand the reality, like that he's really needs her help that it's not like that he's just some crazed kidnapper so it has a believability to it that it, it that she goes to the cops first that that takes a little bit of time um it was smart too having the whole interaction between her and uh the guy who plays jerry horn uh, mm -hmm. uh the guy who plays sully in this movie but uh yeah it's i, I keep going to twin I peaks reference but i keep that's right that's just the case that's god, his jerry horn oh god you're right. Yeah. I thought you were just making a joke because they look the same. That's no, the same guy. Yeah, he's oh, the cleaner okay. and John Wick. No, I'm with as well. you. The he's the cleaner and John Wick. But uh, I, but no, I, but I like the fact they have that interaction with them. So she already dislikes this guy. So the fact that he's going after mm. him, it gives you know, it, it, it's already a little bit of a stretch why she turned around and, and helped him. But yeah. you know, creating that animosity just it, it was it was it was a good good way to go about it. No, I thought that worked. And I thought he did a really good job of playing this, like, sleazy criminal. So punchable. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah the punchable face. It was, it, it worked really well. Um, yeah. Also, I like that she has that interaction with him, and then Arnold comes up behind her. And my reading of it is she doesn't necessarily know if it's connected to that that interaction. She might think it's that same guy. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. there's, you know, I, I thought that just the the way that they transitioned into it worked. Um what about the, we wanted to get into cliches versus archetype. I don't know if we've discussed <laughs> that yet or not, um, what people's thoughts are on that. Um, I, I had to look up the guy who played Jerry Horn. I, I didn't remember if he was in The Return or not. Sorry, I had to scratch that itch. He was, yeah. Was he was wandering around. He was wandering around in the woods the whole time on his, uh, with his with his new legal cannabis. If I, We had a cannabis That's business right. and he, he wanders off into the woods. But, uh, okay. Yes. We're going to draw you into this one day, Brendan. Uh, one day. One day. <laughs> well, the reason it's on my mind, because you're talking about like art, something that's archetypical versus something that is cliche. Twin Peaks does something similar with that, where it kind of rides the line between something that's sort of 
almost comedic, uh, but but also so it, like at the exact same moment, something that's recognizably almost mythical in tone. You know, it, when you talk about archetype, it's one of those things where. I don't know if you could define it in a way that actually really defined it. You kind of just know it when yeah. you see it, right? It's the same thing with a cliche. I don't know that I could say, like, if I could give a really good dictionary definition of cliche that actually felt correct and inclusive. But if I see something that's really cliched, I can be like, there it is. You know? So well, in both he, cases, you, you know it when you see it, right? I think he really epitomizes, like, the hero, like the 80s hero in against the backdrop of the cold war like that's really the sort of that that like reagan era action hero is what arnold captures for me in a movie like this um well i, I also think i'll oh, go ahead well, well i was thinking when i was watching this this part was not written for arnold was what came to my mind because this this is like an all-american part right you're right it's like a well, reagan written for gene simmons gene simmons from kiss was supposed to originally start so it. here's the thing okay. I, I looked that up and i heard two different things and i don't know which one is oh, okay so he was either it was either written for him and he was supposed to play the hero or which i think is maybe more plausible he was supposed to play the bennett character because apparently he oh. he had he, he, gene simmons had the rights to commando and somehow they laugh because he, he approached the guy who played Bennett at a party. It's like, I have a bone to pick with you. Um, but then he eventually complimented on him because he said, I'm, you know, you played the role much better than I did. But I could also see that maybe Gene Simmons just got the guys confused and, you know, <laughs> thought he was complimenting the star of the movie. Not, you know, so I don't know. Um, yeah, Gene Simmons is a huge I, I've seen him in real life, uh, like up close. And he is he is a huge person. He's so like having, four, having, isn't he? Yeah, he's just he's just a giant. It's like he with the bookstore I worked at. He came in one day. And it's just like, whoa. So it's like he, he would have been a crowd, you know, having Arnold and him facing off in an action scene would have been a would have been an interesting choice. But. But um, it would have been. But yeah, no, I. I think you're right. It captures that moment in history because this seems like almost like a GI Joe movie for grownups, like and not that yeah, much. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like totally. he's ex super special forces, not those normal special forces. You know. Well, that yeah. was the other thing. It was like this was the karate is magic era, but it was also the special forces are magic era, where <laughs> the one because it's it follows. I yeah. mean, which you know, First Blood, I think, really kind of like solidified that, but. And there are other movies before, but First Blood, I think, is like the go-to for that sort of thing. And it's, Definitely. you know, the one-man army who can can take out a country if he needs to. And that's yep. basically Well, and that's what, what this movie is about. Yeah, he's like, because the, the deposed dictator guy is like, I need you to take out the whole country for yeah. me single-handedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm evil and foreign. That was supposed to be yeah. Raul Julia, by the way, but they wouldn't allow oh, yeah. him to be in it. Yeah, that was that was uh, the the guy's first choice for it was Raul Julia. Yeah, I, I like Dan Hedaya, but Raul Julia would have been a a better choice. I, I want to see the Raul Julia cut where they just take his character uh, from Street Fighter and Bison and splice <laughs> well, into all the scenes. Well, I think they were thinking the um, what was that movie he was in with Richard Dreyfuss, The Moon Over Parador? Oh, was Moon that Over it? Parador. Yeah, I, I think that's more what they were thinking. Yeah. Um, in but, my heart, it's M. Bison, though. <laughs> but, Another role he absolutely but, murdered. But what's good about this is it's that one-man army, but in the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger, this massive yeah. bodybuilder guy. So it just has a totally different effect. Do you know what I mean? Like, even even Sylvester Stallone, who in Rambo is a pretty big guy, just yeah. doesn't have that, you know, you know he's, he's just smaller. He's just a smaller guy. He's not as big. Um, were you going to say something, Joel? 
I was just thinking about Arnold's physique as he was running up the beach. Like you, it's easy to forget just how huge that dude yeah. is. Right. Yeah. And at his peak, like he was unbelievable. Like, and it wasn't just that he was big. He's definitely big, but like, he's just a solid V of rock hard muscle. Like the movie begins with a shot of him exercising and it's nothing but these insane <laughs> the bulges and veins. And it's like, Oh God. Yeah. I guess this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, well, isn't it? Jesus. That- so that probably gets us into the other topic, um, which I mean, obviously there's like that 80s fixation with muscle and masculine physique or just I think just muscular physiques in general. Like they do it. Yeah, like, women were you see it with women, too, too, in a lot of these yeah. movies. Like uh, I think the running man, the the woman in that, I think, was also very fit, if I remember. Um, oh, classic. But but yeah, there's yeah. but people talk about the homosexual undertones of the movie. And it's like it's like a. It's definitely something that has come up. There's been that, articles written about it. Pretty hot, so I, maybe. Well, so the, the argument is, and there's and there's di- the people that have made the movie say different things, and I don't know that it was necessarily intentional, but the subtext is supposedly that Bennett is in love with Matrix, and if you watch the movie thinking that, it definitely looks that way. I'm not saying that that's could, the point. They never would have admitted it to it in the 80s. There's yeah. no way. There's no way. If even if it was there, it's like the directors and writers. They wouldn't have said it. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. I guess. Oh no, there's no, there's no gay subsect in this movie. Definitely not. Definitely well, not. Well, so I looked but, it up. Uh, so one of the things that Mark Lester said, he's the director, is I don't know what people are saying when they say that to me. He seems to be the most macho soldier person you could think of, but a lot of people think he was being sarcastic. When he said that, because he also said that he told the guy who played Bennett, Vernon Wells, that he loves Matrix and hates Matrix. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean sexual love, but like the thing that I was paying attention to were the expressions on Bennett's face during that final battle scene that they have. And there's definitely something there that feels like it's in that realm. Like it, 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 it and also just the, the way, like, obviously the costuming of Bennett, which, you know, maybe now is just an accident of it looks obviously like it's intended to be that way. But Ray Dong Chan, who who is in it, says um, her opinion is they're they're like lovers. The outfit they had on him, I mean, hello, he looks like one of the village people. Arnold is the ideal. And she just goes on to say that it's basically about, like, you know, this guy's confused sexuality. Um, but also they depict Bennett as like, like he doesn't just like killing. He seems to get some kind of almost sexual pleasure out of it, the way that he behaves. So I feel like he's like this close to a Wusha villain. If he'd been a little more out of the closet, I think this would have been. Yeah, he is very, cause he, well, it's funny. Cause when I looked up Vernon Wells, somebody asked him about the outfit and his explanation for it was like, well, this guy just, he, he's an individual and he dresses the way he wants because he can and nobody can stop him. And that's like the most Wuxia villain thing ever. That's, you know, that, that's what Wuxia villains do. They, they do what they want because nobody can, nobody can physically stop them from doing the things that they want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, just, and in this guy's mind, his, his, his only competition is Matrix. Uh, but the other thing people he's point not wrong to, though. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're totally right. Beat. There is a real. I, I wasn't really thinking about watching the movie, but this is very Wusha like the relationship between those characters. I, yeah. I I don't know. I feel like, oh, duh. Why was I not <laughs> thinking about that watching this movie? No, it definitely has. It definitely has like a martial world feel too, because there are all these yeah. characters that exist yeah. in that world that they're in, and they might be using guns, but it does have. There's like a there's a code of conduct. It seems there's all there, you know there are a lot of things that I I think feel similar to that 
Um, the, uh, but the, uh, the, the other thing is, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say there, but I, I, I feel, <laughs> oh, oh, it's that he addresses Matrix by his first name and Matrix addresses him by his, what we presume to be his surname. We don't actually know. Maybe his first name is Bennett. But, um, but that, what the argument that people have made is Matrix is showing a great deal more distance from him than he is from him. And so that's part of like an unrequited love type plot. Um, I mean, it's clear that Matrix isn't gay. He's got a daughter. He falls in love with a lady at the end of the well, movie. Well, that's not like, the argument. The argument isn't that Matrix is gay. The argument is that, that well, no, Bennett I, is gay. That's what I'm saying is I, I could I could see the read of the movie in which Bennett has this conflicted like romantic interest because he's clearly so obsessed with Matrix. He wants to pull him into this like. But, like, the last fight, he's not trying to convince him to run away to an island. He's trying to murder him with his bare hands. Like, I, I just read it as a, as a guy who's just deranged. No, and I, know, I think that's a good some... point. But there are things like yeah. he wants to, he doesn't want to just kill him. He wants to shoot him in the balls. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are... He wants to shoot him between the eyes, and then he upgrades that to between the balls. But yeah, I know. Just it's, just, it's just a very specific choice is the... Is the thing, but I, again, I think it's ambiguous. I don't think it was necessarily intentional. If it was, I think it's like Adam says, where they just never would have been able to say that because, if, like, if we already know that there was pretty deep into the closet, in my estimation. So, um, but what Vernon said is, uh, he says it was bro love. It was totally walking a fine line. I think it was an unintentional subtext. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah, and that that could be true too. I mean, yeah, it's like there's there's lots of gray areas in between between there. Well, but yeah, it's I mean, there's definitely a connection. I mean, obviously, he's, he clearly Bennett's obsessed with Matrix. That's it doesn't necessarily have to be a sexual obsession. Is really the situation. No, and I think I think what's cool about it is sort of the ambiguity of it. That it's there's definitely enough there that you could make. Yeah, the argument I agree for, with that. Um, I, I agree that you can make the argument like you can construct that. I don't think it was intentional, even slightly. Um, I, I, but I don't think so. But I wouldn't be surprised if somebody had that intention during the making of the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it, the, like the costume designer. Yeah, like, some well, that, or the writer, maybe <laughs> the screenwriter. Somebody had that thought. Um, just and again, I mean, it's very easy to pick on because, like, ben, the guy that played Bennett, he says, like, some people when I, like there's a line where he says, "I'm so glad that that you could arrive" or whatever when he's when when he finds out that Matrix has reached the island, and I guess he plays with the tip of his knife, and he's like, "I was just sort of doing it as an affectation," but people read that as you know this phallic thing that he's touching when he says it. So I, mean, I think that you I, have to be very I, careful about yeah. Reading I too think I think that it. that's a stretch from the standpoint too. It's like oh, you know, he's glad it's. He's looking forward to fighting him with a knife. That's yeah, <laughs> it's like because like, yeah. it's going back to the wuxia thing. It's like oh good, I finally my, the, my, the master has returned and now I can upstage yeah. him. This is this is what he wants. So it's like there's there's alternate readings to that that make just if not more sense. But, yeah. I would say that it's kind of hard. Most of the characters have a pretty clear motivation. In this movie, Bennett's is a little foggy. When you think about it, yeah. he seems to only want to fight Matrix. Yeah, like he, yes. he's even like mocking yes. his employer, like your army's alive because I'm letting it live. You know, and he's not Nothing. really wrong if he's anywhere near the level of Matrix, which he clearly is because they fight at the end of the movie and it's a real close fight. Like, yeah, that was true. That was a real yeah. brag. 
Yeah, Bennett Bennett doesn't care at all about the success of this presidential coup. It's like there's just not one moment in the movie where he's like, oh, no, our mission is jeopardized because he's here. It's just like, whatever. This is all just a game for him. And Matrix right, so, is the serious thing. But it, he just wants revenge on Matrix. He just, you know, right. Yeah. But for what? Well, he's well, got to revenge. He wants to upstage him. I yeah. think. Yeah, he it's, just wants it's to going back it. to the Wuxia well, thing. He wants. He's got to. He's got to best the master. He yeah. can't. Can't. Uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. What, what, so, does he what the director that? said was he wants to be Matrix. That's sort of the the the, the, the like the real deep goal. But I think okay. in the movie he gets kicked out of the unit and he says to him like you know like I like he has this realization when 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 Matrix is taunting him. Where he's like, I can take you without. I don't need a. I don't need a gun. I don't need a, whatever. You know, I can. I can take you. And so it's like he. I think it's this insecurity that he has about Matrix. Yeah. Um, and and so he needs to defeat Matrix so that he can be the best. You know, I think. I, and, did, and I did find it funny this being the first, the first early like real Arnie movie, and it's like there's the whole subtext in their fight of you're you're getting old. It's like yeah. you're, you're too old for this stuff, and it's like this is this is young, fresh Arnie. He's not well, too you know old. What, though? He's not as young and fresh as when he was in Conan the Barbarian. So I think when I they know. delivered that line, it made a certain because like the physique difference is like pretty. Dis- pretty noticeable even between this yeah. and the terminator there's a noticeable difference but i, I no, think that... it, it just made me laugh that's yeah. all it's not a, it's not literally a problem or anything i'm going oh this is stupid i it just i just found it kind of ironic but the other thing too is that bennett physically doesn't really and part of it i think is the costume because apparently that was intended for another actor and it was too small for him but he doesn't really physically match Ar- like even when I was a kid, I remember thinking like, yeah, how is this guy beating up Arnold? That's impossible. Yeah. This guy's not strong. You know, with my kid logic, he just didn't seem strong enough to do it. That's why I brought the Gene uh, Simmons thing. Cause it's like yeah. Gene Simmons, uh, you got, I mean, he may not be as muscly as him, but he's, but he's, he's huge. Physically, he's physically terrifying when you're well, in the same room with him. <laughs> it's, it's more like, like when they had Wilt Chamberlain against Arnold and Conan, the destroyer, right? Like that was like, yeah. Um, yeah. That was still believable because he was so much taller than Arnold. Right. So it yes. worked in, in, in that sense. This one, it feels like this guy is just smaller in every respect. So it just doesn't seem, you know, he, he definitely seems more cunning than Matrix, maybe at least in a devious kind of a way. But yeah. but uh, but still, I don't know. And also, I, I I do like the scene where he gets electrocuted and then that seems to like energize him. <laughs> you know, I not remembering the movie, I was like, "Oh, is this how he dies?" And he just jumps off. He's like, "Yeah, I, I love scenes like that where it's like the, the opposite of what you're expecting to happen. It's just like, no, now he's more dangerous for some reason. I don't know why. Um, yeah, that was a nice touch. Joel, are you still with us? I don't I think, think he Joel is. Froze. Looks like he's frozen again. Unfortunately. All right. Well, we're getting we're getting close to the end, so we can probably um. Uh, so, yeah. The, the only other thing that we didn't get into, I think, was that there was an there was meant to be a um, love story, or a, not a love story, as a sex a love scene, scene. Yeah, yeah, between them. Yeah, and that didn't I, happen. Um, I, I I saw that thing you posted about that. I glanced at it before I watched hmm. it, and I kept thinking, where would they? Where was this? It's like That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, they, you know, it could have happened like in the hotel room after they defeated that guy. But I'm like, he's like got this timer yeah. going down to when his daughter's going to die. It's like, OK, let's just have a quickie. I'm, I'm sure my daughter will be fine. I, I just can't see where it could have been paced well, in. It's funny because I guess I guess what they said the producer's concern was was Southern movie theaters because the yeah. at that time it still would have been considered, you know, potentially controversial. controversial. And um 
But then they also pointed out like, hey, like he's rescuing his daughter. If he like takes this time to get busy, it's going to reflect poorly on him. And the director was yeah, even like, I think that their real reason was the movie theaters. But I think they were right that yeah, really. if he had done yeah. that, it would. Um, but the other thing the director says is he did try to make clear by the end of it that where this story was going with those characters was that they were going to end up being a family together at some point down the road. Yeah, the, the movie makes that clear anyway. Yeah. It's like that ending shot where she she hugs the daughter and they all go to the plane together, and it's like, oh, that's nice. But, uh, so yeah, they, they succeeded in that without needing to, to have the sex scene, that's for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't know that the sex scene would have... <laughs> I mean, unless there were, like, a really good reason, like... He suddenly doesn't have to abide by the timer. So, you know, like, I don't know what they would, what it would have been. They're on the plane and she puts it on autopilot. And they, yeah, you know, like, no, like maybe guess. that would have been it. Um, we got, we got two hours to kill. <laughs> yeah. You know, but still, even if, even if he had the time, the fact that he would be able to distract himself from his daughter's peril. Yeah, it just doesn't. Have been a good, yeah, it, it would have been. It would have been gratuitous to use the yeah. classic term for it. It wouldn't have made sense. I, I, it's better without it. Um, but yeah, so so I guess it looks like Joel's having uh, computer complexities here or internet connection issues. Um, so I guess we can probably end it there. Um, do we know what we're doing next? What our what was on our um, our list of movies to do? Uh, I do not. I don't know if we even decided beyond Commando. Uh, I, I don't know if we did. We I think um, Road Warriors, the next movie I have. On the I'm list. good with that. Yeah. Let's go with Road Warrior. I have not watched uh. Road Warrior in about 10 years. So okay. I do. All right. Yeah, I haven't seen it since 2005. I think it was the last time I saw it. Actually, I think where, where as you get older, you keep underestimating. Yeah. How long. Yeah. 2005. I can now I think <laughs> about the house I was in at the time. Yeah, it was 2005, roughly. So, all right. So we'll end it there. And until next time, we will talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>